The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel is Jack Barazzini. Hey, Jack. Hey, Dom. Uh, Thomas St. Herho was uh, going to join us, but he lost power at his house just before we started recording. So uh, unfortunately, he won't be with us. I tell you, The Secrets of Tech has more tech issues in recording. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, you know, it's, it's the way it is. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell everyone about another show on the StarQuest Network they are sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Star Wars. They're, right now, they're taking some deep dives into some Star Wars topics now that we've got a little breather between all the new shows. Uh, they're diving deep into things like the Night Sisters and the Mortis Entities and stuff that's come up in recent shows. So definitely check that out. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. So today our topic is about thrifty tech spending. You know, uh, we're heading into the holiday season and it's uh, always <laughs> easy to uh, fall into the trap of uh, buying too much stuff. And uh, But consumerism in general can be, you know, it, tech is fun, but it's, it can be expensive. And it's easy to fall into the trap of overspending on things we don't need. And so we're going to be talking about some principles but also just, you know, the, some ideas of the Christian ideal of, you know, making sure that we're being good stewards of what God has given us so that we're not just satisfying our own tech lust, but that we are, uh, you know, using our, our money wisely. And so uh, we're going to talk about some ways that you can be, be good about your th- uh, tech spending uh, and tech buying. And we'll, we'll have some uh, good tips, I think. And, I want to start with the principle that buying, being thrifty does not necessarily mean you're sacrificing quality or even uh, usability or features, right? I mean, you can, you can get good stuff for less money. You don't, mm-hmm. or to put it another way, spending top dollar doesn't always equal top quality, right? Right. Yeah. It's uh being economical and thrifty about your your spending does not mean you're just cheaping out and buying lower quality things right right and in fact we as we've talked about many times like you can get some high quality you know um powerful computers if you take an old you can take an old pc and drop a nice unix uh or linux distro on it and you've got a powerful computer right there running mm-hmm. you know uh, open source software and you've spent very little money um so there, there is. So there's not a direct correlation between dollar spent and the and the and the quality of the outcome of your of your tech spending. So I just wanted to start with that in mind up, up front. Now, my top tip: I always tell people when you're looking to buy some new tech, you need a new computer, a new phone. Is look at refurbs first, and for for even for uh, Mac users, Apple Apple people, whether it's uh, Macs or phones or whatever, I always tell people go to uh, before you buy anything, 
I want you to go to the uh, Apple website, and at the very bottom, you'll see uh, a, a bunch of, of, you know, bottom of the main page, you'll see, uh, let's see, where is it listed now? Uh, in the middle, under Apple Store, you'll see, in the footer, you'll see Certified Refurbished. If you go to there, you can shop refurbished Apple products. And these are, these are like new. <laughs> like, these are mm-hmm. essentially brand new products. These are things that people... Uh, bought and brought back in a week because they want they, the new the new hot came out and they want that instead and uh, so uh, you know you don't always get the very newest things there but you can get um, you can get an iPhone 15 there now I mean those are available you can get oh, uh, wow, already I think I think already so one of the things that happens is uh, they 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 have like loaners go out and that sort of thing. Let's see. Do they have the 15? They, okay. They don't have the 15 there yet. Uh, in fact, right now, all they have are 12 mini, 12 pro and 12 pro max. Uh, looks like they've had the 13 pro max. So that's two years out, two years back. So, okay. So, so those ones, um, I guess the phones, it doesn't make sense that they would have the new ones already. But, uh, if you got, say, if you looked at the max, you will see some pretty, pretty nice max. Uh, refurbed Mac Mini, Apple M2. Uh, so the M2 uh, Mac Mini right now, you could save 90 bucks. Another one, you can save 120 bucks. Uh, you can get a refurb MacBook Air M1 for 849. That's 150 bucks off a of new. So you're not getting like rock bottom steals, but 150 bucks, you don't usually get that much of a discount on <clears throat> Apple products. And what you're getting for that is, a like new product. It's been back to the factory. They've taken it apart. They make sure it runs and it comes with an Apple care warranty, just like every new Mac does. So, and, and uh, iPad and iPhone and whatever you're buying mm-hmm. from them. So uh, I would, I would recommend, I, I always say people like before you buy the new hot, unless you need the thing that just got announced three days ago, which actually it's literally the case <laughs> right now, uh, the new <laughs> M3 Mac uh, MacBooks, unless you need one of those, like go to this first because you you you're better off. Um, so so that's my my number one uh, recommendation for for Mac users. How about you? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, for me, and this is I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it as general advice because I I do tend to get caught up in what is the next new thing and that the newest model is definitely going to be the best. But don't feel like you have to buy the current generation. Um, just because it's the newest one and also don't get too dazzled by the term pro on items right like the new the new devices when they have like the the top of the line model is the pro whatever like the iphone 15 pro max or the google pixel 8 pro like but if you look at what those actually provide versus the lower models it's usually like there are but there are cool features but it's good to take stock of what are you actually going to use versus how much more are you paying for these bells and whistles right. and also look at um look at the older models of things like you may not need the latest and greatest phone if you look at its features compared to the new um compared to like the previous generation or two generations back which usually are still available i know apple sells like two generations back and i think google has started that too where you're going to get 99% of what the new devices do and you're going to save lots of times like a couple hundred dollars and it's going to be a device that works just as well. 
Yeah, really, we're at the stage, like say, especially with the phones, is each successive year the the move the the improvement over the previous year is incremental. It's 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 mm-hmm. small. It's noticeable, but it's small. It's these things are really designed for every two years, like the to catch people. You know, if your phone is two, three, four years old, this is a big improvement. But if you're looking for a new phone, it's so so for example, maybe instead of looking at the iPhone 15, look at a 14. See what you can get, you know, what you can get for an iPhone 14 or even a 13. Those are still pretty good phones with good cameras, good, you know, all that stuff is good. So you can you can buy the new one. Like you can still buy an iPhone 14 or an iPhone 13 brand new from Apple, for instance. Um, and I'm just using these because I know I know the Apple price, but this, this is true for all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you went out and uh, went to another site, so another site that I sometimes use is called backmarket.com. And what they do, I'm trying to look, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, the website. There it is, backmarket.com. And they offer used products of all kinds. So they have Apple, but they also have, you know, um, Windows and and Samsung and like all the different brands. Uh, and they sell other things besides phones and computers. They have uh, game consoles and stuff like that. And frankly, when I, I sometimes, when I have to buy a phone for my one of my kids. So one of the things I've mentioned before, what we do with my kids is uh, we give them a phone that has no phone service that's locked down so that they can do audio books on it and, um, take phone photos and have and chat with the family chat. Um, and so I, that doesn't need hardly any horsepower at all. I get the yeah. oldest, <laughs> the oldest possible phone that can do, do, do those things. And, and, you know, and there's like sort of starter phones for them. They're, uh, you know, they're going to get dropped and whatever. I'm going to put a case on them, but you know, you can go out and get, let's see, um, uh, iPhone eight plus on back market. And they'll they'll offer like you can get it in good, fair or excellent condition. Like you can you could, you know, decide what what kind of uh, shape you, you want, you know, balance the price versus that. And you can get an iPhone 8 plus unlocked for one hundred and forty two dollars or one hundred and seventy one dollars, depending on how much storage you want on it, which given how much it cost when it was new is a pretty good deal. And and this yeah. and I think I think you could put you put. I forget what the oldest iPhone you can get the the latest operating system on. I think it I think might it's the 10R. 10R. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you you know you went and looked at a 10R, you could get one for a pretty decent. Like if you're getting a starter phone for your kid and your kid needs a phone, that's not a bad place to start. You know, with the mm-hmm. with would say a 10R um, for a lot less than you for a brand new phone. And the only reason I know that is because my wife still has a 10R and she does not want to upgrade from it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's saying, I can get the latest operating system on it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, the, um, yeah, we have to, we've run into an issue uh, just as a sidebar with my, my boys are in scouts and their scout patrol patrol leader communicates to the other boys in this patrol via text. And my boys don't have phones with, you know, text, texting like with regular phone plan and so we're trying to figure out how do we do this because we don't necessarily want to give them a phone that has always you know access to the internet um and so we're trying to figure out how to how to do this and so we might get a an inexpensive phone that we can put a 
very inexpensive, like mint mobile plan on and just have it do texting. And it's a phone that lives, you know, in my desk or something like that. And they can get texts from their patrol leader on it. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're trying to figure that out, but having something like back market, which provides stuff at really inexpensive prices is really helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, And I know they have a good reputation about, when you buy stuff, if you have to return it, if there's anything wrong with it, they're good about that. Uh, yeah. Swappa is also another one that does the same kind of thing. And that's sold through. That's I'm not sure if it's my understanding of back market was was that it was more of a centralized thing um, with yes. uh, Swappa. It's kind of like it's more like eBay where it's individual sellers, but everything is vetted on there and they back up their items with guarantees. So if you're looking for affordable phones or laptops, that's another good one to check out. Yeah, the back market is you're buying from back market, whereas Swappa is you're buying from another person in a in a marketplace sort of situation. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, so those are a couple different models you want to take. Um, eBay is a is a possibility, but it's again you got you got to be careful. I don't like buying phones on eBay, frankly. I just I. I there's so much opportunity to get scammed. That's yeah. The, that's the thing. And the same thing with say Facebook marketplace, you know, I've sold lots of things on Facebook marketplace. I've bought a few things on Facebook marketplace, usually not tech. Um, just because, you know, if I'm buying a wheelbarrow, just say I can look and go, that's a wheelbarrow and it works. <laughs> you know, whereas a, yeah. <laughs> something that's tech, you could get it home and you'd be like, ah, this doesn't work. I'm, 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 you know, it's screwed. Oh, what am I going to do now? And, uh, but but that's an option. But even like with with like say Facebook Marketplace, I would only do local. I would never do anything um, that would that would require things to be shipped. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just I get I get very very leery of anything. I w- I want to deal with someone face to face with that sort of thing. And I've noticed recently on Facebook Marketplace, I've been getting a lot more scams where people yeah. list like. I feel like my local Facebook has been flooded with iPad pros for $200 and then you click on the link and it's some name that is either like completely made up or it's like a very, very foreign sounding name. Not that that's the, really what the issue is there, but it's, yeah. you, 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 you reply to the link and then you get an auto generated response. It's like, click on this link to order the item. So Facebook marketplaces, I found it to be better if you're into like vintage tech because people sell like their old vintage computers and oh, things yeah. like that on there. But don't ever do anything that is not face to face. Right, right. And I've sold, I've been selling stuff, and I occasionally will get people contact me as the seller and try to set up some weird, you know, uh, payment yeah. scam thing. And it's like, yeah, it, that no, that sounds that sounds weird. You're in. You're right. Like if you want something that's relatively new, like something like a back market or a swappa. Or uh, is probably a better circumstance, a better thing to use. Whereas if you're looking for stuff that's out of the norm and not new and not likely to be uh, fodder for scammers. Yeah, that that's probably that's probably a better use of that. I do have another uh, another thing I just thought of is. Um, if you're looking for old computers, like uh, you'd mentioned, just wanting to put Linux on a computer so you can have something for the kids to work on or just to do more basic things. Um, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace are pretty good for those because lots of people just get rid of old Dell laptops that they have lying around for like 50 bucks and 
can always be a good project computer if you want something like that. Right, right. You're not if you're not expecting it to be a great computer, but just something you want to you know experiment with. Give to the kid, hey, install uh, Linux on it, and go go wild. That yeah, that, yep. I agree. That's that's a great idea. Uh, so we you mentioned about you know do, do I need the pro model? Do I need the most you know the up the the current generation technology? Um, so you know consider your actual needs think of what do i really need versus what i'm what is it i'm i'm really wanting so needs mm-hmm. versus wants be, be honest with yourself uh another tip is to wait for stuff to go on sale uh if you do a lot of purchasing on amazon and uh as a lot of us do the website camel 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 so that's the word camel three times dot com is a you take an amazon product you put the uh, the link into Camel Camel Camel, and then it will t- give you the historical. These are the prices it's been over time, and then it helps you set up an alert so that you have a realistic dollar amount that you that you're going to be uh, ask it to alert you when it gets to this price. And so when the product gets to this price, alert me, and then I'll and then you can go buy it at that lower price. So uh, I use this for a lot of things. I have it automatically look at my wish list, uh, for example, and it alerts me when things on my wish list come up. Um, I have things that like, I buy all the time, but I only buy them when they're really on sale at Amazon. Uh, nice. One of the, like like the Philips Hue bulbs, because I have the smart bulbs, um, I only buy them when they re- reach the, a low price. Uh, one of the things that can happen is um, they'll get, they'll do the new and third party and used. So it'll give you the three different ones. And sometimes the third party ones can be a little sketchy. I feel like, so mm-hmm. I generally stick to the new. I just have it give me, alert me when the new uh, products are available at that price. Um, or I, or I get really aggressive with the third party one. Like I really want, I really ask it to only send me when it's really low. Um, yeah. Uh, and sometimes I get the, it sends you an email. Sometimes I'll get the email. I'll go to the site and the price has already jumped again. And that's just Amazon. There's a, they, they have dynamic pricing. And so sometimes you, you don't get to it in time. But uh, in, in this case, if you can be patient, if you've got time, if you don't need it today or tomorrow, uh, this may be a good way of, you know, waiting until it may, it's, it's a better deal and, and makes sense. Uh, and I've, I've used it for a lot of things over the, over time. So that's really good. Nice. Um, one tip that um, I know, which is particular to uh, the Google Pixel phones, is whenever they come out with a new one, if you're needing a new phone, uh, wait until Black Friday because the phones usually come out beginning of October. And if you wait until Black Friday, they'll do really good discounts and trade-in deals. And you can usually save up to like $200 on, on the devices. So that's if you're, if you're in the market for an Android phone, that would be a good time to buy one. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean... Black Friday sales are often that people think of that we I should wait for, but they're not always the great sales. That sounds like a good one, but uh, you know, on other ones, don't just assume that because something is listed as a Black Friday or Cyber Monday sale that it's the best price. You know, right. make make sure it, you're getting the the best price uh, in that case. Uh, but that's a good tip to for if you if people are looking for a Pixel phone and or you know or an Android phone in general, uh, and a Pixel will do. Mm. So another thing to look for are coupons and deals. Uh, th- there's a po- a popular uh, browser extension. It's a there's a PayPal company called Honey, uh, and there's a browser extension, 
And what they do is as you shop around the internet, go to different sites, it will pop up and alert you that, hey, here's a coupon for this site or here's potentially a coupon or a coupon code. Um, I've I've had mixed results with it and eventually turned it off because I don't do a lot of like generic shopping. Like Some people like to hit a lot of different sites. They shop all over the internet. I have like a handful of places I go and I have found that at least, at least for the places where I go, I often like the coupons often were expired or didn't work. However, um, I have heard from other people who say, no, no, this is great for me for the types of shopping that I do. This is perfect. So uh, it may be something to consider. It doesn't cost anything so that you may as well install it and, and give it a try. Uh, if it doesn't annoy you with its pop-ups, that sort of thing. Um, th- that's one thing to consider. So, uh, and that's at joinhoney.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to honey.com, you're going to get the the thing, <laughs> the Honey the Growers Association. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've actually, the most success I've had with the Honey extension is actually if, I, if I'm ordering pizza. Oh, wow. Run it. If you're ever going to like Papa John's or Domino's or whatever and you want to order pizza, run that on there and usually you can get like 25% off. That's a great idea. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I don't usually go to the big chains, but uh, my our local pizza places have coupons all the time, and yeah, like I always I always use the coupon. But if that's really good that they have, that's actually a really great idea. I have to think of that. Yeah, this um, is for restaurants. Yeah. So another way to get deals is uh, CNET, one of the oldest you know online tech journalists journalism sites out there, but. Um, there's a they have a deals page, a, deal, a part of their site, cnet.com slash deals. And so they'll have links to all kinds of, you know, deals that are all over the web. And as we get close to do the Christmas shopping, there'll be even more. But um, like, for example, Sony's best wireless earbuds and headphones are on sale right now. Uh, the new budget friendly Galaxy S23 FE, which I think is a tablet. Oh, uh, no, it's the foldable um, comes with a free hundred dollar set of Galaxy Buds or, you know, something like that. Save two hundred dollars on a Dell uh, laptop. There are a lot of sites out there like this where they 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 aggregate sales and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But uh, CNET's deal site is one of the oldest and uh, comes highly regarded, as, you know, just uh, as a, in general. So might be something to check out uh, if you're if you're looking for tech deals in general, just to swing by there and see what's up. Um, I'm looking at it right now. And there's this thing about like, I could have saved money on my Costco membership uh, that I just got. Uh, I wish I, I wish oh, I checked nice. this out. <laughs> yeah. And I know Engadget uh, and Gizmodo have similar ones. Um, and if you look at some of the more like specific enthusiast sites, like nine to five Mac or Android authority, places like that, if you're looking for a specific kind of product, they'll have good aggregated lists of, Things that are specific to what you're looking for. I've had success with those too. Oh, that's good. Good. And then another thing you could do is is price comparison, price shopping. Um, Google, like shopping.google.com is a nice one. Uh, they have all kinds of stuff, not just, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, technology, but they'll have, um, look, you can do uh, comparison shopping on those giant Stanley uh, water mugs that all the women apparently are carrying around these days. I see them everywhere. Uh, but <laughs> they, uh, you know, you can do comparison shopping on 
you know, say, let's see, iPad. Uh, so I'll click on the iPad and then it has uh, buying options, 324 at this site and 329 with a special offer at that site. And, you know, that sort of thing. Now, iPads may not be the best example because they're like Apple stuff is generally what it is, but, um, you know, other items that you look at, like, and they have everything like crafts and kitchen appliances, um, that sort of thing. So you can do your comparison shopping through here and just, you know, look at stuff and say, you know, where, where can I get my, the best deal on the new PlayStation five, you know, that sort of thing. Um, then another comparison price shopping comparison shopping site is price grabber and because uh, some people don't want to use google just for the privacy mm-hmm. issues uh so price grabber also has all kinds of categories but they have lots of tech and you can use that to find like hey i need a new uh, laptop computer and you go in the category and you can you know drill down what do i want a particular uh, brand, uh, what, you know, uh, do I want a certain amount of memory and that sort of thing. And it will show you the best deals that like say Lenovo and B and H photo and, you know, the different, different, uh, places you can buy them. So, um, and you can, and they'll have the same things you can, and you can compare them this laptop to that laptop. So, uh, it's, it's a nice, a nice site for that. Um, another thing that is good to do is when you're shopping around, this is applies more to accessories than mainline devices. Um, but don't feel like you necessarily need to buy the name brand version of the accessories because like with earbuds or keyboards or cables, there's lots of other companies that make high quality items. Um, and they're usually more affordable and sometimes much better quality than what you're getting from the actual license, uh, not officially licensed, but the name brand version of those items. So like right. places like Anchor makes really good cables or there's lots of different options like Soundcore for earbuds that are a lot cheaper than the like the Bose earbuds or the Apple AirPods, but they're still really good. So that's something to look for if you're wanting to save money on the accessory side. Yeah, you can give up a couple features, but you get, you know, you'll save a lot of money like the like keyboard. A keyboard's a keyboard, right? I mean, just in general, you can get by on most keyboards. And you you can spend anywhere from fifteen to hundreds of dollars on a keyboard, but if you get a you know a, a thirty forty dollar keyboard, that'll that'll do do you just fine for most purposes. I mean, and I have the Apple one mainly because I want the Touch ID on it. <laughs> that was I'm like I just I I just love the having to touch it and and it and that not have to worry about typing in my password, uh, but. You know that's a that's a bit of a luxury that I that I was want to spend on, but you know, yeah, you don't have to spend uh, on the name brand. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, you you just said that a keyboard is a keyboard, but I used to think that till I switched to a mechanical keyboard, and I'm going to have to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know mechanical keyboards; they have that feel that that they do. Yeah. They're pricey though. <laughs> yes. Another thing you want to do is you want to check product reviews, make sure you're actually getting a decent product. Uh, Consumer Reports is the classic. Everyone uh, knows that name Um, and they they cover all kinds of uh, consumer products. They do tech too. Unfortunately, to get a lot of the benefit from from Consumer Reports, you have to be a member. Uh, They don't take advertising, so they they subsist on memberships and, uh, and gifts. 
they there's some stuff you can see without ha- being a member, but uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff is behind a paywall. But you know, it's a it's a place to start, and it may be worthwhile if, if for you to to get a membership to, you know, so you, to check out products before you buy them. Um, but another one that I like is the Wire Cutter, which is now owned by the New York Times, and. They have a daily deal section, which is really nice. And every year around, whether it's uh, Prime Day, which is now multiple days a year, like from Amazon, or Black Friday, they'll aggregate all the best deals from around the web or from around Amazon uh, and put them in one place. So that's really good for deals. But I always go there. It's the first place I go when I'm like, when I'm going to buy, when I was buying an air purifier, I went there and said, what's, and I looked up best air purifier and, and um, I didn't necessarily buy their top pick just because it was more expensive. Uh, but I, I used it to kind of winnow down. What do I need and what balance price versus uh, features, but make sure I'm getting one that's good too, because there's mm-hmm. nothing more expensive than uh, cheaping out on a, on a product and getting a bad one. That's a waste of money. Like, you know, if, if the, if the good one's 200 and I buy the hundred dollar one and the hundred dollar one doesn't work, well, I'm going to go out and have to buy the $200 one now. And now I'm at $300. You know what I mean? So you you don't want to cheap out and get the wrong thing. So, you, so uh, a, a good review is going to be helpful for that and mm-hmm. to make sure you're not getting the wrong cheap thing, uh, but you're being actually thrifty. Thrifty is not just being cheap. It's, right. it's spending wisely. And sometimes it is better to pay a bit more for a higher quality product you're going to lo- use longer than just cheaping out. Like I've noticed that with headphones, like I'll go through like three or four thirty dollar pair of earbuds a year just because I'm rough on my stuff and they'll end up breaking. But if I pay a hundred dollars for something, it's going to last for several years and I make up that cost, even though up front it's more expensive, you get more use out of it. I mean, that's always been the, my one of my reasons for buying Macs is not just, you know, because it looks cool. I, I've been using Macs for much longer than Apple computers for longer than they were ever cool. Uh, but I spend a little more, but they last forever. They're useful forever. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a 10 year old iMac that's sitting on a kid on a child's desk right now that she's using every day for schoolwork and Minecraft and all these other th- things that she's doing. And it's, it's going to be going for another five years probably before, before, you know, it probably the uh, operating system will, will uh, uh, crap up before the computer does, you know, right. I, I won't be able to upgrade it anymore. But the fact, so that's just to say sometimes spending more is thriftier because you're getting a product that's going to last longer. And that can, mm-hmm. like you said, can apply to a lot of different things, a lot of different categories. So I agree with that. One thing that uh, I would recommend as a tip is to avoid impulse purchases. Uh, sometimes you'll go on Amazon and they'll pop up something that looks, it looks really cool. Or you'll hear someone on a podcast talking about it. I've done this and it's like, oh, that sounds so cool. I, I want one of those and there's a link and let me click on that link and I can have it here tomorrow. <laughs> like no like no, i mean I, and i'm talking to me talking to me not talking to anyone else uh no don't do that um you know, sometimes it's good to wait think about it do a little research put it on your wish list 
I think I find putting things on a wish list satisfies that impulse uh, in, in many cases. And then I'll come back to it over time. And a lot of times something will sit on my wish list for like my Amazon wish list for years. And then I'll go back and look at it and go, why is that even there anymore? Click delete. I don't need that. Yeah. And I've saved myself all that, that money for something I didn't uh, eventually need in the, in, in the end. So try avoiding impulse purchases, uh, be more deliberate when shopping for things. That's hard to do. But yeah, if you, uh, if you still want it in like a week then maybe get it, but, that that buy it now button on Amazon is dangerous. I agree. <laughs> yes, very. Uh, and then finally, uh, it's sort of something you mentioned already. It's related to it, but think about the future upgrades for devices. Some devices can be upgraded. Like you can't upgrade a phone usually, but you know, computers or other tech can sometimes be upgraded or can get new operating systems or whatever that really can extend the life of the device. Um, if you've got two different pieces of consumer tech and one has a replaceable battery you know think about that as a way to extend the life of the device so that you're not throwing it away when the battery is no good um you know that sort of thing is really helpful to think about mm-hmm. when you're when you're looking to to buy things so um anything else jack did you have any other tips because like, it's all up for me um, one other thing is when you're looking at specific devices, especially with phones or computers, um, look at what the capacity is going to be and you can usually figure out what, what do you need to spend on the amount of storage and RAM you're getting versus what are you actually going to use? Um, like a lot of times with phones, they have like the lowest models are usually 128 gigabytes. And then I know they go up to like one terabyte now, but look at what you're actually going to use versus what you're going to be paying for on the extra storage. And I feel like a good rule of thumb is kind of go for the middle option. Like Mm -hmm. if there's a phone that's like 128 gigabytes to like a terabyte, I'll get like the 256 gig because that's right in the middle. And that it seems to be like the sweet spot for what you're, what storage you're going to get versus how much you're actually paying because it gets more and more expensive as you go up the line. Yes. And look at what your current device, you know, you're using. Like on my phone, I always look and see, well, how much how much storage space am I using on this phone? Oh, I mean, I, I, right now I have a 256 gig, and it's like 120 gigs of, that I'm using. And I'm like, there's no – if I got a 512 or a terabyte, that would be a total waste. That would be a waste of money. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, look at that. And, you know, plan for expansion that over time we accumulate more photos and music or whatever, more apps. But you don't have to go crazy and you don't have to, you know, always go to the top level. I think aim for the middle is good advice in general. I when I'm buying a computer or any other other tech, I sort of I don't get the cheapest one. I don't get the the most expensive one or the smallest and biggest or whatever it is. I aim in the middle and they know that's what you're going to aim. Like they offer the the top end, like a lot of these companies, they'll offer a top end one for the people with more money than cents and they'll offer the low end one for people who are just barely scraping together enough. And they know that most people buy the middle, the middle mm-hmm. option. In, it's a, it's like sales psychology. You know, if you, if you ever take a, a, an industrial psychology class, I think it is in college, you know, they'll talk about that. The, so the psychology of the buyer, you know, we aim for the middle and that's what they mm-hmm. offer is the one they want to sell us is the one in the middle. All right. Excellent. So I hope that is good advice for folks as we head into the Christmas shopping season. If 
if, if folks have other tips of their own they'd like to share or questions or uh, any comments they'd like to, to make on any of the, the tips or uh, advice we gave here, we could take that at technology at sqpn.com, and we'd love to share them with the audience. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Ryan B., Martin G., Kelly G., Jacob S., and Mary W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So our first headline this one is for me because uh, one thing I've always said is if I ever became a billionaire, I would have a blimp. I would like, instead of a yacht, <laughs> I would have a blimp and I would just, it would be like a luxury blimp, like, like, like a supervillain kind. And just like I would travel by air everywhere, like on my luxury yacht blimp. Anyway, uh, Sergey Brin, <laughs> the one of the co-founders of Google, he has started a company making uh, dirigibles or blimps. Um, and, uh, the, the, the company itself, they just got permission to like an airworthiness certificate to start test flying their first 124 meter long airship Pathfinder one out in California, uh, Moffett field, which is a famous place. If anyone knows aviation history, that's a pretty famous location out there. And, uh, it's the first of several, uh, airships that they're working on. And they're going to be moving up eventually to a larger model. And the goal is to is to have these being used for humanitarian missions, uh, carrying cargo and people to areas that are inaccessible by road during disasters or war or some stuff like that. So uh, it's really cool. Um, one of the things that make that is really interesting about it is the technology has advanced so much in airships, you know, from the Hindenburg days. Um, the Hindenburg, one of the reasons it, it, it burned up was because it used hydrogen as because it was very explosive, uh, but it's also ve uh, very lightweight. Uh, but instead, they're going to use helium, which is non-flammable, because now they use titanium and carbon fiber and, you know, all these other technologies and Tevlar, uh, Kevlar and Teflon and all this stuff which is much lighter and more durable. So I, I just, I don't know. I have a soft spot for dirigibles. Uh, what do you think of this, Jack? I think this is awesome because I want us to have that steampunk future. And I feel like blimps and uh, dirigibles <laughs> have never really gotten their fair due. And it's cool to see someone's taking the advances we've made in material sciences over the past, I guess it's about a hundred years since yeah. they kind of fell out of favor with the Hindenburg. Um, and is advancing that because it makes a lot of sense. You get, you can build these big, massive platforms in the air and use helium and other things to keep them aloft. But it's not really something that other than like the Goodyear blimp or things like that. But it's cool to see someone actually putting a practical and serious industrial use back into this form factor. Right. I mean, it's it, they they can carry a lot of people or cargo and not very fast. They're not airliner fast, but they're generally faster than say ships. And that's really what they're competing against is ships and maybe trains. Um, uh, and they can go all kinds of places and it's really kind of neat. And you know, the other aspect of this that I like is the idea that here's a billionaire and billionaires get a bad rap 
But he's been spending a lot of time and money developing these different technologies for humanitarian purposes. The other thing mentioned in this article is how he has a, a separate nonprofit called Global Support and Development, which is already do, carrying out these sorts of missions by sea, which he, he started this nonprofit after he used his own yacht to bring medical personnel to the scene of a cyclone in the South Pacific and has now since created something called Yacht Aid Global, which billionaires and their yachts donate the use of their these very large vessels to bring humanitarian aid and help to to assist people. I'm like, that's billionaires doing good. That's that's a nice yeah, thing. I that's like awesome. that. They're not all super super villains. <laughs> <laughs> so But I mean come on, if you had a if you had a dirigible, you'd kinda want to have a supervillain layer in it. Well, I totally would. I would have a big chair, 100%. you know, and yeah. then I'd have one seat that's over a trap door, you know, with a button. <laughs> get, you get a jet pack and just bring back the rocketeer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A jet pack. <laughs> that's right. I would have I'd fly from it with my jet pack. All right. So our next headline. So this is interesting. So uh, the headline is New York's New York's Airbnb ban is descending into pure chaos. Uh, no one could have predicted this. Uh, So this is a Wired story. Back in September, a new law went into effect in New York City, which pretty much ended Airbnb short-term rentals in the city legally. They went from 22,000 Airbnb rentals available in the city to uh, as few as 2% of that. So as few as a few hundred for all of New York City. And... uh, it that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, this said uh, they went down to thirty two hundred by October first, and even some of those are not operating legally. Only four hundred and seventeen properties have been registered with the city under the new law, and the the restrictions are pretty onerous. Like they they only can operate, but you can only have two guests, and the host has to be staying in the home with them. So for most Airbnb uses, it's not you know useful. They they. The, there are exemptions for hotels, of course, and boarding houses and long-term rentals, so 30 days or more. So if you're renting a place for 30 days or more. Um, so it's pretty much cratered the market, which means that it's uh, hotels are getting much more expensive. Gee, I wonder who was really lobbying for this new law. Uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't yeah, be the hotels, no, could it? That, yeah. Um, but also it's caused a you know a, a real crisis in tourism uh there's the the people cannot the, the hotels have not kept up and there is not enough hotel rooms for everybody who wants to visit new york city uh so that's a problem and then there's an an additional problem where the whole short term rental market has gone on the black market it's gone underground uh it's not that no one's doing it anymore it's just they're doing it in other ways that aren't regulated and doesn't give the protection of a big company like Airbnb. So what do you think? Should there are, there were legitimate complaints about Airbnb in New York. It was, they were sucking up all the the apartments that people wanted to rent to live in. Um, they mm. were, you know, people that were coming in and causing problems for neighbors and that sort of stuff. So what do you think? Which, which side are you on in this one? I kind of, I see both sides of this issue. I understand like one of my biggest problems with things like Airbnb is that 
you get these outside investors who come in and buy up these houses that are for sale for cheap, and then they flip them and they turn them into Airbnbs. And not only do they end up making tons of money off them in an area where they're not even living, they drive up the market prices for everyone else who's trying to live there. And so now you can't buy a house because the values have gone up, which is both again both a good and bad thing. But I I do understand like if you don't if you don't have an infrastructure that provides uh like some sort of regulations and policies and guarantees, people are going to be doing this anyways. And so I'd rather this seems like a sledgehammer to fix a problem that should have just been finessed a bit more and work through what issues they're having and then come up with a plan that is actually doable rather than just driving people underground, which I'm also kind of of the attitude that's like, if it's your property and you want to rent it to someone on Craigslist, you can do that. But then as the homeowner, you are stuck in a position uh you don't have anything to fall back on if someone comes into your house and trashes it and they leave because you don't have the protection of a larger company with the infrastructure. So it's, this just seems like a bad idea all around. And I feel like I bet they will end up pulling back on this because of the problems it has caused. Right. And I got to say like Airbnb or Verbo or these other uh, rentals, they're, they're kind of a godsend for big families, like renting hotel Mm. rooms when you have a big family gets really expensive really fast and an airbnb well not exactly cheap it's it's ridiculous it's kind of a joke now how 150 dollars a night can turn into a thousand dollars for two nights with fees and stuff like that Uh, yeah you you can get really screwed uh, if you if you don't pay attention but that said you know it's really a godsend when you need a place to stay when you have a bunch of people for for instance now Mm -hmm. it's not just for that um i like the idea of like if you go to Rome, you can get an Airbnb really close to the Vatican and right in the heart of the old city for cheap money. And it's so like it's and it's just an apartment which has, you know, it'll have a hot it has, staying in a place that has a kitchen. You know, it's different than staying in a hotel room. You know, it, it's got yeah. a, a more comfortable vibe. So I like the Airbnb idea. I And I agree. There are issues that it causes with local places, especially with the the big corporations coming in and buying up properties just to put them on the, the short-term rental market. Uh, the Airbnb, New York used to be its big, its single biggest market. This was the place that they were going to, you know, they were going to make a, you know, a, a change in the way we all did things. And now uh, they've pretty much left the market. They've turned away from it. They're shifting their focus. Um, they said they're really going to be focusing on Paris for next year's Summer Olympics. Paris is now the largest market for Airbnb. Um, so, mm, yeah. Interesting. I agree with you. I think this was a, a situation that required um, a scalpel and not a sledgehammer. They they really right. went at it too hard. Hopefully other cities, because this is an issue in other cities as well, um, other cities will see this and figure out a better method. This was a similar problem that we had with Uber and Lyft and taxi companies. Um a lot of a lot of these cities were they did not like how Uber and Lyft came in and destroyed the taxi industry, but also were less regulated than the taxi mm-hmm. industry. And, you know, some cities used the sledgehammer and but some figured out a way to work with these companies. Yeah. All right. So speaking of New York and sledgehammer policies, uh, our third headline Uh, From Gizmodo, uh, this New York bill would require a criminal background check 
to buy to buy a 3D printer because among other things you could presumably make a an untraceable ghost gun with a 3D printer it's, it's not that easy let's just like put it out there like you can, there are parts of a of a gun that you could print with a 3D printer but you need the right kind of polymer and there are parts of it that need to be metal that wouldn't be. So let's just be clear here. The people who are going to wants to go through the effort of creating untraceable weapons to commit crimes are not going to be buying 3D, like the MakerBot 3D printers. <laughs> right. they're, going to, they're going to have either the means, they're going to have the means or the connections to get the equipment they're going to need without worrying about doing any background checks to buy a consumer item. So like this, this doesn't do anything. Right. It's the, it's goes back to the same old thing where you're punishing the people who aren't criminals and the criminals are getting around the law. So mm. yeah, they, so for, and so, so it, it would require that criminal background check and would prohibit the sale of print 3d printers to anyone with the criminal history that disqualifies them from owning a firearm. So if you're an ex-con, you can't have a 3D printer. And this this isn't as big an issue now, but down the line, we know 3D printing is going to become much more a part of life than it is now. We're going to be having 3D printers all over the place printing the regular things that we need in life. It's The, the technology is going to advance to that point. And so... It just seems short-sighted to put this law into place for this very specific thing, which it really, I mean, it again, like you said, it's not going to change anything because they're going to go over the state line to Connecticut or Pennsylvania or whatever and buy a 3D printer there. Or, you know, if they're, if they, they said they stopped this um, organized crime ring that had set up a whole bank of 3D printers in a daycare and we're printing ghost guns there, but it's like, do you think the mafia is buying their 3D printers down at the local Best Buy? <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, they're, you know, they're falling off of trucks or being shipped in from overseas or whatever. So, yeah, I, I agree. It, it I just, it seems, it seems like politicians grandstanding. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, and also not understanding what technology actually does, and just overreach in general, like. This would be like banning people from buying pressure cookers because you can make a bomb out of a pressure cooker, although most people are not going to do that. And the people who want to do that are going to find a way to do it regardless of the law. Right, right, exactly. Yes, it's, it, it feels like politicians reacting to, to news stories with legislation that anyone who knows anything about the tech, technology would say, this is a dumb idea. Um, it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. unenforceable. It's not going to fix anything, uh, but the politicians get to look like they're doing something. And that's, yeah, that's really how, ends up how, how it ends up boiling down. All right. So if you live in New York and you, uh, you want a 3d printer, you probably want to get one now. Although, you know, if, if most people can pass a criminal background check anyway. So unless if you have a reason why you don't want to go through a criminal background check, uh, buy one now. Uh, all right. So those are our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. And Jack, why don't you go ahead? What is your pick this week? 
My pick of the week is the F-Droid uh, App Store. It is an open source, uh, completely um, free and open source app store for the Android platform. And you have to download it from the website, which is f-droid.org. And you'll have to enable installing third-party APKs on your device. But it's basically an app store for Android that is all free and open source software. Uh, they got a lot of good alternatives to uh, non-open source apps that don't have any ads or anything like that. Um, it's a lot of fun to play around with. It's the same caveats apply to any sort of open source projects where you're not getting the same level of polish as you would from the play store. The options are going to be a little bit more limited, but they have a lot of really cool stuff on there that you can use on your device for completely free. Um, especially launchers. My biggest problem with the Android launchers is that most of the time they're that freemium kind of setup where you can use part of it, but if you want to use it, the all the features of it or turn off ads you got to sign up for a subscription because, of course, you can't just do a one-time payment anymore. And there's a lot of good open source launchers on there. So if you're interested in trying out uh, free and open source uh, projects on your Android phone, uh, check out f-droid.org. It's it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, Fascinating. It's a fascinating world to me (laughs) as as an Apple user. (laughs) The the, the idea of being able to do that. Uh, Side-loading apps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my uh, pick of the week is uh, sort of a tip, which is uh, setting up and using a savings account in your Apple wallet. Uh, now, this is applies very specifically to a certain subset of people. If you have an Apple card, the Apple credit card, credit card, you can set up an Apple savings account. It pays 4.15% uh, APY interest which is a pretty good interest rate for a savings account. And because of the way the Apple card works, you get uh, cash back to between one, two or 3% cash back on purchases. And in the past, you could either get that um, in, in your Apple car, um, cash wallet, or you could have that automatically go back in and re- to, to pay off your balance, you know, to, to go against the, the card balance, or you could have this savings account. And so the, the, Money goes automatically in there and it's earning interest. You can um, add more funds by transferring it from your bank account, you know, your, your, your regular checking account that you have in a regular bank. Um, and in order to use it, you can't spend it directly from the savings account. You have to transfer it either to the Apple Cash card so you can use it with Apple Pay or you can transfer it to a regular bank bank account. You could put it in your, your checking account at your local bank. Uh, so... Um, I'll have a link to how to set it up. If you this, this would be if you already have an Apple Card, but even if you if you don't, you, you want to apply for an Apple Card and then set it up. Um, but I use this now. I don't. I, I mean, you could use this as a regular savings account. You could you know put cash in here on a regular basis, and you know from your bank account. Uh, but right now, I'm using it to to save uh, all of the cash back from my Apple Card and earn interest on it. Uh, Millie and I we use the Apple Card for most as much as we can and then we pay the balance at the end of the month um but i I like getting that one two or three percent cash back and uh it adds up i mean i've got hundreds and hundreds of dollars in there right now that's added up over time from uh from you know cash back uh, on purchases so something to consider a way to to be thrifty a way to save money um that uh, apple has given us nice that's awesome All right. So those are our picks of the week. 
And that's it from us. We would love to hear what you thought of anything we had to discuss this time. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com. Visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And you can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC233. That's the show number. Remember to like each episode of Secrets of Technology on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and leave us comments wherever you find us on social media. We love to hear from you. Until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Technology. Thanks, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>